and I fell to my knees. I said, God, use me. And I found God. It was the most amazing experience in my whole life. It was like he was there beside me saying, come home, my son. You are still wanted. My love for you has never stopped. I love you. Mr. Tom came up to me afterwards and he was talking to me and he just, he took the time to just sit down and talk to me. And at one point he hugged me and he told me that he loved me and that he didn't want anything from me. And I went home and I was, or not home, to the hotel. And I was thinking about that, like just, like just going over it. And I was like, that wasn't, that wasn't just Mr. Tom hugging me, telling me he loved me. That was like, that was God. I'm gonna ask if, if you want Yeshua, we're gonna sing this song again. Especially you young people, cry out to him, because he's the one that saves. He's the one that captivates your heart. It's not girls, it's not boys, it's not even your parents. It's King Yeshua. Yeshua, we need to gaze upon his beauty, young people, and old people. Gaze upon the beauty of Yeshua, because he is worthy of it all. say like can we just praise the Lord for what he's doing in our young people here come on hallelujah <laughs> I don't even know what to say oh I'm honest I I have a message but it's like <sighs> you know every everyone who came up here it's like you know what they were talking about is a war a war for their souls they described a, a battle, how the enemy was trying to rip them out of the hands of the Father and how the Father came and He just ripped them back. And He said, no, no, no. You are my son. You are my daughter. I will not let you be taken by the hands of the enemy. That is who He is. He is a good, good Father. And He's after you. But you have a choice. You have a free will, because see, that's what love is. Love is, I give you the choice, my son. I give you the choice, my daughter, because I love you. I'm not gonna force you to do anything. But whom will you serve? There, there is a line in the sand. There are two kingdoms in this world. There is life and there is death. There is good and there is evil. And there is a decision to make. Uh, you know, when you think about Egypt, 
and you think about Pharaoh and how he was ruling in Egypt and he put all of Israel into slavery and and it says in the word during those many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because their slavery and they cried out for help their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and God saw the people of Israel and God knew and then what God did was he birthed a child called Moses and Moses I I don't know how this happened exactly but when Moses was born somehow the enemy Satan got wind of something and Pharaoh who was listening to the wrong voice He said, all of the babies of the Hebrews, let's throw them in the river, kill them, throw them through the crocodiles. He was after the young and there was a genocide of the young because there was something that God was up to in the young and Moses is saved. Moses is put in the river, down the river he goes and he's born into that very house of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. See, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you. You guys know this. Like you're sitting here and you know this. You know your friends. You know your peers. You know where they're at. There is a spiritual genocide. There is a spiritual war for your friends. And there is a spiritual war for your soul. You have to ask yourself why. Because when Pharaoh was after the young, when Herod was after the young, it was because God was up to something. It would be because there was a generation, there was something that God wanted to do. There was power that He wanted to deposit. There was a Moses He wanted to raise. And let me tell you something, there are Moseses seated right here. There are people, young ones seated right here, whom the Lord has said, I want to put my spirit in you. I asked the Lord as I was sitting here, God, what do you, what do you, I just want to know, what is your, what is your heart, what is your saying? And I saw a vision of the Lord in the heavens speaking to the young ones here saying, arise, you are my warriors and there is a war and you're a part of this. Don't be ignorant of what I'm calling you to, to set the captives free. Stop looking at pornography, Father. We have to believe that there's freedom. We can't, we can't be caught up in shame and guilt, Father. We have, to, we have to wake up and realize that you are worthy. And if you say that we can be made well, Father, we can trust you. And how dare we say that we can't be free, Father, because you gave your life for us. Set us free. Give us your fire, Father. Let there be a revival in this generation that shakes this nation and the world, Father. Let it be more powerful than any outpouring of your spirit ever before, Father. Give us freedom in our hearts. Father, help us to see with your eyes. Give us your heart for all of those around us, Help us to hear you clearly and give us the boldness to follow through with it. No matter what comes. Knocking on the door will be opened. So I just kept praying and asking. And then I was just praying and all of a sudden he said, 
do you really want me to speak to you? And I was like, yes. And then he said, all right. And he, I just felt like I was supposed to write. And then he just gave me this word, so I guess I'll read it. <laughs> Let me get my notes. Get ready. You are not yet ready. Prepare yourselves. I am coming not how you think or when you think. Get ready. You need to get ready for when I come. Read my word. Pray fast. Walk in my footsteps. Seek my face. I am bringing an outpouring of my spirit like you haven't seen before. And then he told me to tell you guys. So. I've always been a little bit of the quiet one. And I always rely on those around me. But I hurt for those who aren't here. And even when I'm around everyone, a lot of times I just feel alone. And that's because I haven't been as personal with him as I've needed to be. I was never welcomed anywhere I lived. Nobody ever liked me. And standing behind the camera, watching all you, I always think, I'm glad my parents support me. But what hurts is that my brother doesn't see this. And we grew up together. So I think I have to do this so he can see it. But I don't know how I can myself. But as I was standing right there, I almost felt his step beside me. And I looked there and there was nobody there. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this by myself. And I felt a little weight on my arm and it almost felt like someone put their arm around me and I heard you're not. And a lot of the stress that I carry when I have to work as a cameraman in an industry where everybody hates what you believe. I just felt a huge peace. That every time I go and work and do what I do, that I don't have to feel like I'm going in there by myself. It's really hard and a lot of times you'll feel like you don't have anybody and a lot of times you don't. And even when he doesn't feel like he's there, maybe for a really long time, he still is. And so I just laid it all down. We both got baptized and um, I... I learned about baptism. Um, I learned that when you go under that water, like, like I grew up thinking that this is just a symbol, like you just get baptized, like everybody sees it and you're good, you know. But baptism is so powerful. And when you go under that water, you die. You leave everything of that old life and you come up a new creation. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so it was, it was 
crazy. Like, I mean, I didn't feel an immediate change like coming up, but like in the days after, like I felt like a newborn baby, like everything was brand new and I felt free, you know? Like there was definitely things I had to work through, but I felt free. I would read my Bible and I could actually understand it. Like before nothing made, made sense. Like you could ask Zach, I was asking him all these questions cause I didn't understand what it was saying. And I would take everything so literally. Um, and the word, it was like alive to me, like the word, it is alive, you know, and it, it really became that for me. After that, like I had no desire for everything, all the sins that I was partaking in before, I had no desire for it anymore. I was free and everything that I felt in bondage to and the things that I felt chained to, it was all broken. And that, this was in Jesus' name. We did not know about Yeshua. We did not know about the law and keeping Shabbat and the feast and all that. We had not gotten there yet. Um, so this was in Jesus' name, and, um, and we were freed. I was freed. I learned that we are called to not only love God, but to love everyone around us. So it was really hard for me, but with my family and everything that had happened, it was really hard to love them because it felt like they would always push me away and hurt me. But I had to love them and I also had to forgive them because I knew that I was forgiven for like everything that I had done, everything um, that I had done to other people, I was forgiven for. So I needed to forgive my parents. I needed to forgive Zach for some things and just everyone who had ever hurt me, I needed to forgive them and love them. And that was like the best thing I ever did. Um, it was really difficult, but after doing that, I was able to have true compassion on my parents um, and, and like forgiving them and stuff and having compassion on them, knowing that, um, you know, that they don't really know what they're doing, you know? And I was able to share with them. I was like, I was so on fire. Like, I just want to tell everybody about what the father had done in my life. And um, then after that, he really led us into um, praying for other people, praying for healing, praying for deliverance, like we were casting out demons and um, baptizing people. And it was like, it was so powerful just, just to see people, the Father like setting them free and to just be in the midst of like what he was doing. Like it, it was just so beautiful. After kind of doing that for a while, um, Zach started to like, after being baptized and everything, he was just like glued to the word, like reading it. And, um, and he started to see that, you know, like the law is not dead and that we are still called to um, keep the Sabbath, keep the set apart feast and keep his holy commands. And so uh, we both started doing that and he started bringing it to his family. And um, it was a little bit harder for them to accept it and kind of see it because they like, they grew up in the church and believing that like all that stuff is dead. I didn't really know anything about it, but all it took for me was just like, his word is eternal. Like this is everlasting. And that's all that I needed because it's what he said. But eventually they came to it and they were on board. And so we started doing that. We started keeping Sabbath together. And um, it was really fun and keeping all the feasts. Like it was, it was really, really fun. And we were able to invite other people um, to come and do that with us. And yeah, so uh, Zach and I ended up getting married. It was beautiful. And um, <laughs> yeah, 
So, hallelujah. And um, it's just so crazy to see like how we were before still being together, living in sin and in bondage to so many things and how he has completely brought us out of that and freed us. And now, you know, we're here today and we're on fire. We wanna see other people get free in the same way that we were. So I just wanna encourage each and every one of you, you know, like it is, this walk, um, it's simple, but it's, it's not easy all the time. So I just wanna encourage you guys, like continue to press in and seek the Father, and especially this younger generation. The enemy is after each and every one of you. He does not want you to seek the Father and have a relationship with him. He does not want you to be freed from the things that you're struggling with. So I encourage you to say no to him and to say yes to the Father and to seek him and to um, seek friendships with people, people who um, know the Father and, um, if you need prayer, there's so many people all around here that would love to pray for you, um, but just don't let the enemy have victory in your life. Um, the Father loves you so much, and he is there for you, so pray to him. If, if you want to hear his voice, it says, knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. All we have to do is seek him. So I just encourage each and every one of you, um, and yeah. Um, Started keeping Torah at the age of like eight. Always knowing what was right and wrong, but knowing that I was missing something. And thinking that my parents will speak for me and get me into heaven. I was extremely self-conscious. I've been overweight most of my life and I got made fun of for it. That was the start that turned me away from liking people. And then all of that changed. At the age of 19, I got married and then we moved to Missouri at the age of 22. I started raising a family and tried fitting in with other people extremely hard. We were going to a church that our best friends of 20 plus years friendship were attending. And well, things didn't go so well there and we decided to step out for a while. And our relationship with our best friends came to an end. It dug a hole, a very deep hole and it caused me to turn more and more from people. After that event, I trusted nobody except for my family. I even started losing hope in God. I didn't want anything to do with Torah believers if that's how I was going to get treated. I started to turn to the world to find help. At the age of 23 and 24, I dieted hard, started lifting weights, and I lost 60 pounds and got jacked. I started playing volleyball and became the talk of the town. I found many loving people in the volleyball community. They loved on me, gave me joy. Few of them were really Christ following and I loved it. I pretty much quit serving God. I went more than two years without touching my Bible or talking with God. I turned to listening to worldly music. I didn't care on what movies I watched. I lost all of my standards. I didn't care what people thought. It was right on the line of never going back to believing in God. I was in a bad spot, but I didn't care. If it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be here. She loved me through it all and kept pushing me to keep pursuing God. All the while, she not even knowing what I was going through. This whole time of wandering, I knew I wasn't wrong, but it felt good. It got me away from people that didn't know how to love like Christ did. Around 26, I tried to start serving God again but I didn't have a relationship with him and I was still caught in the world. 
so it didn't last. At 27, there was a revival group that came to town, and Tyler, my brother, was like, bro, you gotta come to this. I fought hard against it, and I didn't really wanna go, but then I decided to. So I went to the last day of the event, and I found many Christ-following, loving people, and was slightly changed inside. They came back to town a few weeks later. I then decided to get baptized and tried turning from the world, but it was still hard because I still didn't have a relationship with God. Then this last summer of 2022, I went to another revival that my brother helped put on. I prayed and cried and I fell to my knees. I said, God, use me. And I found God. It was the most amazing experience in my whole life. It was like he was there beside me saying, come home my son, you are still wanted. My love for you has never stopped. I love you. I've been on fire for his kingdom since. First thing I wanna do in the morning is read his word and talk with him in my quiet place. I now wanna see people healed, demons casted out, relationships healed, sons and daughters coming home to find their true love. The Bible is completely alive to me now. I've known God more in the last year of my life than the previous 27. So this is what I want to say to the people that have been raised in a God-fearing family their whole life, like I was, and feel like, what is my testimony? I've never done drugs, I've never used magic, or I've had relations outside of marriage, or worshiped other gods, or whatever the worst I've done is took a cookie out of the cookie jar, because that was me. I didn't know, I didn't do those things, but guess what? You don't have to do those things to have a testimony. Your testimony is you and God, your relationship with, with God. All he wants is a relationship with you. All he wants is you to seek him daily. He wants you to talk to him each and every day. He wants to look you in the eyes every day and say, I love you. But it's giving into the worldly desires and have a relationship with him. Getting into your quiet place each and every day, getting on your face and saying, here I am, Father, use me. And I got a scripture I want to share to you guys. In John 3, 32 and 33, it says, And what he has seen and heard that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. So I encourage you guys, you young ones, step out of the box. If you're feeling the Father tugging on you, step out of the box. If you feel like during worship you need to get on your knees, you need to lay on your face, do it. It's well worth it. I just asked if I can share my testimony, so I'm like, for sure. So I just wanted to pray before. So, yeah, if everybody can bow their heads with me. So, Father, we just come before you right now. We just thank you. I just thank you for this opportunity that I get. 
that you are allowing me to just speak in front of your people. I just ask that this word would go out and that it would touch hearts, that it would be nothing of myself, but that your spirit alone would just be flowing through me, Father. So I pray this in Yeshua's name. All right, guys, (laughs) where to start? So I grew up in a very Christian home, non-denomination. Both my parents um, were on the worship team. My grandfather is a pastor, my uncle's a pastor, so I come from a very long churched history, you can say. Um, so I grew up there, you know, Sunday school. I knew, you know, all of the, all of your regular books that you know, like, you know, Jonah and, and you know, come to Jesus, all this stuff. Like, yes, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Um, I knew that from a very young age and I can say that I, I've loved him when I was younger. Um, But when I got older, I was just really curious. And honestly, a lot of the time I felt like I never belonged anywhere. I just really felt like an outsider. I was always really insecure. Like ever since, oh my gosh, ever since I can remember, like I just remember being so insecure, just caring about what everybody thought of me. I just thought everybody hated me. So I used to be this like really timid, shy girl that would not say a word. I couldn't even look somebody in their eyes. Um, so growing up like this, uh, I grew up in a, in a great family. I mean, you can say we looked really good from the outside, but we were very broken on the inside. You know, we had our, our Sunday best on with our smiles. We had, we just basically had everything good on the outside, but on the inside, we were very hurting. Um, I could definitely say that I did not know God. I did not know who he was. I can say I believed in him. But my belief only got me so far. I thought that basically I just had to believe and that was it and that I was good, that I would go to heaven, that if I did something wrong, oh, I can just repent and say, oh, Father, forgive me, and then go do it again the next day. So around, let's say, in my like teenage years, I think I was like 13 or something, Um, I started down a path of just trying to fit in with people because I just never felt like that. I fit in. So I just started doing things that everybody else was doing, such as drinking, vaping. I ended up getting addicted to vaping for about three, four years. I always tried. I tried to stop, um, and it just just wasn't because addiction is a real thing. But during this time, I just felt really lonely. Again, like I said, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. Like, I could be in a room full of people and I could just be sitting there in self-pity thinking, oh my gosh, everybody hates me, I should just leave. (laughs) It's true, but I didn't tell anybody. I was really good at putting on a face. I was really good at just, you know, saying hi, oh my gosh, like how are you? Just looking good from the outside, but I was really dying on the inside. So in high school, um, it was a really hard time for me. I was very lonely. I can definitely say that I had suicidal thoughts, that I thought that if I wasn't here, nobody would care. I don't think anybody would notice if I just ended myself. I think nobody, just nobody would care. And these were all just straight from the enemy. But, and I didn't, I mean, I couldn't, you know, differentiate between, so. Later, I just kind of got caught up with all that other stuff and again, just going to church on Sundays, just basically being like a total different person around my family than when I was around my friends. So I didn't know who I was. I had 
basically no identity. My identity was, oh, over here I like to party, but over here I will not do anything wrong. I will not say anything wrong. I have to be perfect. And that's how I felt for a really long time. So when I was 16, my mom started sending us these crazy videos of deliverance. I don't know if anybody's ever seen a demon cast out, because I didn't at first. So when she sent those videos of all these people screaming and yelling on the floor, I was like, what in the heck is this? I was like, mom, what are you sending us? And she was like, just watch it. Like, you know, like this is what we read in the Bible. And I was like, well, yeah, I know that. And again, at this time it was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus does those things, but I don't see anybody doing those things today. So I was like, why is it relevant? So she's just sending us this stuff. And just in the midst of all of this, a lot was going on with our family. Like Marley said, um, my brother ran away from home and it really put, uh, it really hurt me. It hurt me very deep because we were really close and I just felt abandoned by two of the closest people in my life. So I built, that built up a lot of resentment and a lot of unforgiveness and a lot of bitterness. So I basically was just searching at this time and my mom was going through this huge transformation herself. And so she just started sharing with me because I noticed one day like there was just a really huge difference. I was like, mom, why are you so different? How are you so different? And she starts showing me these videos and she was like, look it, this is me. And it was basically getting demons cast out of her. I was like, wait, you're a Christian. How can you have demons? And she was like, well, actually, I deal with all of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And she lists all this stuff out. And, I was, and I mean, I've seen it throughout my whole life, but she was freed of that stuff. So I was like, oh, dang, like, oh, this is real. Like, this is really real. I was like, okay, I kind of want that for myself. And I just remember just searching for a while because I tried to open up my Bible. I look at it and I'm like, this is a bunch of gibberish. I don't know if anybody has ever tried to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit because it is just confusing. It is so confusing. Yeah, so she's like, just pray for understanding. So I ask and I pray for understanding. I'm like, Father, just, just reveal yourself to me. I just wanna know who you are. That's it. If you're real, if you're not, like, I just wanna know because I know that I, cause she was telling me, she was like, you can't just, you know, write off of your parents' religion anymore. We went through this huge transformation. We ended up going to this event and I actually saw these things for myself, the things that Yeshua did in the Bible, like healing the sick, like casting out demons. I needed to see something real for myself in order to be able to grasp it because I don't wanna just live all this religion. We were just going to church on Sundays, but everybody was still so broken and I didn't want that. I was like, okay, I either want something real and tangible or I don't want it at all. So going through with that, he showed himself real to me. He showed his power. So during this time, we went to this event and people were getting baptized and my mom was asking, she was like, so do you wanna get baptized? And I was like, no, that's not for me. I'm okay. So we ended up going home and we, you know, we just went on with our day. And then that same guy, this is a Danish guy, by the way. So he was just coming and visiting. And then he ends up, he's like, something huge is happening in California. Like the spirit is falling here and I need to come back. So he ended up coming back a week later. We ended up going to that event. I end up hearing the gospel preached that it's not just about works, that it's not just about just, just about just living your life for yourself, but it's actually about laying down your life first and then finding it. 
I had it here that you had to deny yourself and pick up your cross daily to follow him. And like, that's just what I needed to hear. I was like, okay, I, because I keep failing myself. I try to find it, this fulfillment in other things, but I cannot. So if that's what you say is gonna fulfill me, then that's what I wanna do. So he grabbed hold of my heart. Um, and I, we went to the beach and I was like, I'm not getting baptized, mom. She was like, we should just go by home just in case, just to get clothes, just in case. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever you say so. So we ended up getting to the beach and I ended up getting baptized. <laughs> um, so from then on, um, I, as I was walking the water, I just felt, I just remember feeling so scared and so alone. And at this time, like my brother was gone and I did think, I'd, I don't even know if I was like in a fight with a couple friends or what, just things weren't going right. And I walked into that water and she was like, okay, from now on, it's like once you go under this water, you're not gonna be the same person. This person, this Trinity right here is gonna be no longer. You're gonna go down and die with Christ and then you rise with him. And that, now you're a new man. You're renewed by the blood of Jesus. So I was like, oh, okay, for sure. She was like, okay. So I was like, okay, what do I do? And she was like, first repent. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And I just learned what repentance was. I used to think, okay, I can go and get drunk. And then the next morning say, oh, I repent, I'm good but that's not what repenting is about. It's about, so repenting is you, what, what you, sorry, Father, give me the words. Repenting is basically turning away from your sin. It's sinning no more. Whenever Yeshua healed anybody, he went to them and after he was done healing, he said, go and sin no more. We don't keep on sinning after we've been cleansed because that's what separates us. So I was like, okay. I don't want that stuff anymore. And so I was, rep I just repented of everything. And I felt like I just spilled my whole entire life to these two random strangers. And it was the most freeing thing ever. And they were like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna put you under the water now. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I go under the water and like, not even joking, when I came up, I felt like I could fly. Like I literally felt so like, I go under like this and then I come up and it's just like, like everything it was just like the most major transformation that I've ever felt like all that depression all that loneliness all that anxiety that I felt I it was no longer there it was no longer there because by the blood of Christ I was renewed I was set free I was transformed and from then on my life has been completely changed like that person I look back this was in April of 2021 I believe and I look back and I'm like who the heck is that like, who is that person? I don't even know that person anymore. She's not even a part of me. But I share this with you guys because like, this is our testimony. This is the things that he's done. This is the power that he has shown, the power that he has poured over each and every one of us. And everyone has, is able to have this. Everyone is able to have this. If you ever feel like you're, you just, there's just that something inside of you that is missing. It's, it's a relationship with him. And that's what I had to learn, that it's a relationship with him, that it's no, I don't just, oh, I, I pray that I get a good parking spot or I pray for this. Like, no, you seek him. You go and you seek him. You have to lay down your life in order to find it. So go and seek him. So that's what he showed me. And from then on, I was like, okay, like, what do I do with this? 
So then I had just like such a hunger for the word. Um, I was actually able to understand. So like, praise God, it was so awesome. I was not able to do that before. Um, and then I just felt like the fear of man, like I would never be able to come up here. I mean, I still don't feel like that comfortable, but I would never ever be able to do this. So this is just like by the work, by the work of his hand. <laughs> so it's super cool. But along with that, it's not just, it's not just, okay, you get baptized. Now you're a believer, go and live your life. No, he says that you must lay it all down to follow him and you must follow his commands. Like that's how, that's how we love him. So this meaning, you know, this following in the steps of Yeshua. So that means like healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead. Like I wanna see that. Like if he did it, like we should do it too, right? So like, that's my question to you guys. Are you walking like Yeshua walked? Are you living like he lived? Are you thinking like him? Like you have to imagine, I mean, he's with you all the time, but it's like, would you, would you be doing that if he were standing right next to you? I mean, like he's living inside of us. Like, are you, should you be doing that, bro? Like check yourself, you know? So yeah, just examine your lives. Honestly, examine your lives. And if you want him, just ask. Like, he wants you. He wants you bad, too. He wants you real bad. So, if you want him, all you got to do is ask, guys. He will meet you where you are at, but that does not mean you stay how you are. Okay? Amen? So, after that, yeah, our lives were, like, totally changed. Um, we lost a lot of relationships because of it like for his namesake, all of that, like it was really cool. We were really zealous, but people kind of threw, threw like fire at us. I don't know. It was, yeah, stones. Yes, exactly what it was. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so what we would do out there is just, you know, like live, live like Yeshua. Like what did he do? So he went out and he proclaimed the good news. So we were like, okay, like if it's, if he did this, like, let's go do it. So we would go out on the streets and that, and we would, you know, preach that we would, we've seen healing. Like these people's like knees have been healed. Someone's like thumb grew out, like just some crazy things. Um, yeah. And I mean, we used to take, we used to, we take our like little kids or like my little brother and my little sister. And like, it's like anybody can do it guys. Okay. Like that's just, I feel like that's just what I really want to hammer is that this is for everybody. Like many are called, but few are chosen. So it's just, if you want to answer that call or not, it's like, hey, he's calling, he's knocking at your door. Are you going to answer? You have friends, you have a generation among you and you know many of them are getting lost and many of many people in this world, even Christians are saying they're lost and it's over and it's done with. And I'm telling you, no, the Lord says something else. And you need to understand this. You need to not give up hope. Pick up your weapons. Pick up the sword of the spirit that he has given you and arise. God is raising you up. And there is gonna be some of you who are going to be misunderstood because the Lord is gonna supernaturally put his spirit in you and put supernatural growth in you. And when he gives you these supernatural revelations and growth, People are going to not understand, but you will be sent and you will go and proclaim.
and you will open the blind eyes and you will set the captives free and you will cast out the demon and you will see the Lord work in you and your generation like no generation before it because you will be the one who says here I am Lord send me if you're here you're a young person you're sitting here and you're like I want to be a part of this story this story you know this Bible that we each have in our, in our, in our wherever it is in your house you can become a part of that story you know it's not done being written right that story is being written in heaven right now as I speak and you're invited to become a part of it. And so if that's you, can you guys just kind of make it, I know we don't have a lot of space, but can you just make it to the front here for me? We see that the Apostle Paul to Timothy, he writes regarding the laying of hands that the elders laid their hands on you, young Timothy, when you were young, he speaks, and there was an impartation of gifts and the Holy Spirit and authority because we will release them to go and do what God has called them to do. But the Lord wants us to release them. We want, he wants us to lay hands on them. So that's what we're going to do right now. So Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this moment, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for every young person in this room, Lord, who I know you have impacted and raised to be here at this moment. You've brought them each to this conference for a reason, for a moment. And so, Lord, right now, Lord, right now, we, as the adults in the room, as the leadership spiritually in the room, Father, we lay our hands on these each, and we point our hands towards each of them, each of these young ones, Lord. And Father, I thank you, God, right now, Lord, that you, I just saw that vision of you, Lord, and I know that you are shouting for joy. God, I know that you are saying, let the children come to me. And I know that you are putting a fire in each of their hearts right now as I speak. And I know that you, Holy Spirit, is imparting gifts to each of these young ones right now. God, I thank you, Lord, that they will receive authority over demons, that they will receive authority over sickness, that they will receive authority over all the works of the devil now as I speak. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will in each of them put a ministry, each individual calling. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for raising them with purpose. Father, I thank you that you in coming times will unravel your plans for their lives. It's already been planned and written, but in the right time, you will come and appoint it to them and show them. Lord, I pray, Father, Holy Spirit, I prophesy, Lord, that you would come and raise a mighty generation in the name of Yeshua. And this mighty generation will set the captives free, just like Moses went to Pharaoh. They will go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. These will go and they will go and split the seas for God's people. They will go and they will open the blind eyes like Yeshua did. They will go. They will go and they will believe for the manna. They will not be a generation that dies in the wilderness. They will be a generation that enters the promised land. They will be a generation. They will be the generation. In the name of Yeshua, they will be the generation. And no word, no word spoken against them will prosper. No word that the enemy tries to come. And no tactic of the enemy, no sin of the enemy, nothing that he wants to come and do to steal this from them will prosper. In the name of Yeshua, Lord, I thank you, God, we break all of every bondage now from every child here now we break off every hold of the enemy now in the name of Yeshua 
everything that He's tried to do. We break every plan, every covenant. We break every generational curse in the name of Yeshua right now. We break everything that's come down the lines. Father, I thank You for sickness and weakness and, and, and doubts, depressions, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. I command You to go in the name of Yeshua. Father, I thank You that Your children are accepted here. Father, I thank You that You love each and every one of them. Father, I thank You that no matter what they feel about themselves, I know that You say, You are worthy. You are my son. You are my daughter. I have raised you. I have raised you. I have raised you. And so I would like to now ask the parents of the children who are here, can you please come to your child? Can we just make room for those parents? I want every parent to find their child and just come and lay hands on them. And then what I would like you guys to do is I want the parents to right now speak a blessing. Whatever the, you ask the Holy Spirit now in your heart, Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak? And you're going to speak a blessing over each and every one of your children. You're going to look them in the eyes as you speak this blessing. And you're going to tell them what the Lord has for them. And if you have, parents, listen to me carefully before we begin. If you have things that you need to confess to your child, if you have betrayed your child, if you have hurt your child in any way, form or fashion in the past, whether it's now or 10 years ago, if, you, if there is anything, anything at all, now is the time to ask your forgiveness. Because look, the restoration of any relationship begins with, these, with, your, with the parents. It is your responsibility to now step in and, and break these chains in any relationship now, and you're gonna speak blessing over them as the Lord puts on your heart. Go ahead with that. 